Marketing That Works with Drew Bedard is a proud member of the Market Street Media Podcast Network. From their beautiful studio in downtown Johnson City, Market Street Media can help you create a podcast with no hassle. You don't have to fool with equipment. You don't have to fool with software. You don't have to worry about editing your podcast. Best of all, you don't have to worry about making embarrassing mistakes as you're trying to start your podcast. All you have to do is walk in, record your show, and walk out. Market Street Media does the rest. They'll even live stream your show to thousands of people on their Facebook page. Come see how fun and easy podcasting can be at Market Street Media. Find us online at marketstreet.media. That's marketstreet.media. I'm Drew Bedard, and this is Marketing That Works, a podcast about the tools, tips, and tactics that business owners and marketers need to wow their customers and grow their profits. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Marketing That Works podcast. Uh, Thanks for tuning in once again. And uh, if you'd share this episode with one person today, maybe over text, maybe over Instagram stories, that would mean the world to me. Um, I've got a really special guest again this week. I've been getting some great interviews lately um, with some people that I really admire, and this week is uh, no exception. Uh, This week's guest is Shep Hyken. Shep is the Chief Amazement Officer of Shepherd Presentations. As a speaker and best-selling author, Shep works with companies and organizations who want to build loyal relationships with their customers and employees. His articles have been read in hundreds of publications, and he is the author of, okay, this is a lot of books, so get ready. He is the author of Moments of Magic, The Loyal Customer, The Cult of the Customer, The Amazement Revolution, Amaze Every Customer Every Time, Be Amazing or Go Home, and The Convenient the convenience revolution. So some amazing books and I have a link in the show notes. If you want to go check out all of Shep's books on Amazon, he's also the creator of the customer focus program, which helps clients develop a customer service culture and loyalty mindset. So I think you're going to get some great stuff out of this interview. It's not only talking about customer service, but customer experience. It's also giving a lot of great case studies and a lot of great companies um, that have been great throughout the years, you know, whether it's Amazon or Morton's or Benihana, or I mean, we go all over the map, all types of different companies. So enjoy this interview with Shep Hyken, and uh, I'll talk to you next time. Okay, Shep Hyken, this is a great honor for me, sir. Um, I've read many of your books. Welcome to the Marketing That Works podcast. How are you doing today? Well, thanks, Drew. It is great to be here, and I am doing super fantastic. That's great. Yes. I think you are all the time. That's, uh, that's one of your staples of your, your presentations. Actually, I should say, then I should say I'm doing amazing. That's right. That's actually, the word. Actually, that is my first question, Shep. Um, your title at your company is Chief Amazement Officer. Can you explain that title? I also loved that um, some of the folks on your team that followed up with me was um, – like in charge of details. And I, right, I love that title too. Yeah. Chief director assistant. of details. I, I love yeah, that too. Yeah. But t- tell me what a chief amazement officer does. Sure. Well, basically we try to amaze. So my mantra here at Shepherd Presentations, our company is uh, three words, always be amazing. And that means we want to be amazing to our clients and we want to teach our clients to be amazing to their customers, clients, guests, members, whatever they want to call them. And so, uh, I started thinking about creative titles, uh, you know, and, and it, and it kind of started as a joke because whenever I filled out a form, it says, what's your title? 
about owner? So boring. Owner sounds small, believe it or not, in my mind. Uh, CEO, that sounds really big. Am I really the CEO of a you know four or five person, six person operation at any given time? And I thought, hey, CAO, nobody's going to know what it means. So I'm just going to put that so the bank calls me and says, what does that mean? And then I tell them and they go, oh, it's very funny when you tell them it's real. Oh, okay. <laughs> but that's it. It ties into my brand. And if you looked at the books I've written, amaze every customer every time, be amazing or go, to, go home. Uh, subtitles always have the words amazing in most of the time. How do you create that amazing experience? And you know, my definition of amazing, we can talk about later on, but that's where it all came from. That's a long answer. By the way, we also have uh, a manager of reputation and she just works on managing uh, anything social media wise. Uh, then we have, get this, my, the girl who does all the video work and just does an amazing job. She also does some technology, works with her clients. She is the manager of many things. <laughs> that's terrific. That's a great title. I think, I think parents would like that title too, uh, especially now with virtual school. Uh, yes, the director. The of manager of these two or three little things called children. Yes, children in virtual school. It's been an interesting time. So, um, Shep, I wanted to talk about, you know, the show's called Marketing That Works. And I, I wanted to have you on because obviously I'm a big fan and I, I've read um, a few of your books. You have many. Um, that everybody can go to Amazon and pick up. I, I read, I know one always sticks out in my mind. I believe it's The Amazement Revolution, which is the one about yep. Ace Hardware. Uh, actually, that was um, The Amazement Revolution included a short little piece on Ace. Yeah. But the following book was called Amaze Every Customer Every Time. That's it. Yep. And, the re and what I did is I looked, I, the, that book before that you just mentioned, I think there were 35, no, actually there were 50 companies represented in that book, a main case study, and then seven companies under each one of the seven strategies. Yes. And so that's 50 companies total. And I said, wouldn't it be cool to write about one company, one that's never been written before, but one that everybody recognizes, also is known for great service. And I landed on Ace Hardware, which was really an interesting choice. They kept winning award after award in their industry, beating everyone. They, by Business Week, were listed as in the top 25 customer service brands in the world. They were ranked number 10. And my other, one of my other favorite companies, the Ritz-Carlton, was ranked number 11. Yeah. <laughs> so I go, you know what? Nobody's ever written about Ace before. So let's, let's see what happens. And yes. It worked. Yeah. And, and, and all of your books are extremely well written. And for a person like me who's- Thank you kind of a marketing geek and a marketing nerd. I think it's so important for marketers to focus on customer service. And I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit more because, you know, marketing that works these days in particular, it's not just about tactics. It's about the human touch. It's about word of mouth. So talk a little bit about why you feel like if there is a business owner who's listening to this today or a marketer who's out there to amaze every customer, to focus on customer service. Why do you believe that that is such an elemental principle? Sure. So uh, it depends. Customer service and customer experience, they go hand in hand. Service is part of experience. Experience is much broader. Right. These are some of your best marketing tools, marketing strategies, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'll give you a good example. Uh, Morton's, the steakhouse. Uh, I had a great opportunity a number of years ago to be uh, their keynote speaker at their annual manager's meeting. And I met a gentleman named Tom Baldwin. Tom is now the CEO of 
Benihana, uh, the, the you know, Japanese steakhouse, unbelievable, fun place to go. Anyway, when, uh, we went, when I was working with Morton's, one of the things that he shared with me, he says, I want you to take a look at what our, our advertising budget is. And I go, you want me to see that? I mean, you're going to share something with me? He goes, it's pretty much, it's non-existent. You won't see us advertise on TV, radio, traditional uh, news, you know, uh, magazines or newspapers. He says, however, our best marketing is done with our marketing department, who happens to be everybody on the front line, delivering an amazing experience to the guests who will then go out and talk about us to their friends, families, colleagues, and that's how we do our best marketing. Yeah. Uh, wow. That is a great, perhaps one of the best examples, because it's not like they do all this marketing and then they have this amazing story that goes viral. No, this is their marketing. It's the experience and the service they provide. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I'm always curious about, um, and maybe you can expand on this because you probably consulted with companies that you use these case studies and I'm just always so curious why more companies don't invest in that amazing customer service to create that word of mouth. Um, I don't, you know, where's, where's the rub? Where's the friction? Why is it so hard to understand? And I think you, you, you made a great case to say a CEO was promoted and then took over Benihana because he had these founding principles, but it seems like such a hard thing for companies to do. Well, I think first uh, and foremost, the company has to, to decide if that's what they want to do. And once they do, they have to have a vision that is very simple. Uh, one sentence long is what I suggest or shorter. And if you, uh, you know, look at uh, like ours, always be amazing. That's a vision and it's internal. It's not something we necessarily share with our clients, but, but as to what it really means internally, but they know what it means. It's obvious. And I also use it as a tagline, but you don't have to. The Ritz-Carlton has a credo. We are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. Nine words long. Everybody knows it. Everybody remembers it. Everybody's trained to deliver whatever their job is to make that happen. Uh, a lot of times, customer service is cultural. And that's what I love the most. But in some companies, actually, the majority of companies, customer service is a department. It's a it's a tactic, and I think that you have to look at it far beyond that. Uh, to me, the customer service department, if you want to call it that, is just part of a broader culture of service. In addition to that, I look at the customer service department as the customer attention department, the let's get a customer to do more business with this department, because really that's the outcome that you're looking for. Um, you know, I jokingly say nothing's changed in customer service, and since the beginning of time, nothing. And they go, what are you talking about? We have AI and we have, you know, artificial intelligence and bots and all this technology. And I go, all that's doing is supporting the cause, which is customer has a question, a problem, an issue of any kind. We take care of them and they're happy when they leave and they want to keep doing business with us. That's what we're looking for. Nothing else has changed other than maybe the way we go about it. So yeah. uh, that's, that's important to know. You know, I know that um, when, when companies are, well, when customers say about the companies and brands they do business with, uh, and they use the word always in front of something positive, it means the customer now owns an experience with that company. So uh, uh, the word always, they're always so quick to get back to me. You know, 
if always implies that it happens more than once. As a matter of fact, it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think whenever you're having a customer say something positive, putting the word always in front of it, I think you're doing the right thing. And that's the setup for that marketing strategy where you get word of mouth, where you get people talking about you and, and really becoming your evangelist for your brand. Yeah, absolutely. So you've mentioned a few brands already. You've mentioned Morton's, you've mentioned Benihana, Ace Hardware, Ritz-Carlton. Are there some other examples that kind of come to mind or even modern examples? Because we're, we're kind of living in a new world as we go forward mm -hmm. in 2020 from contactless and, and, and you know, zero touch. And are, are there some current examples that really uh, pop to the top of your mind as, as people who are doing it right? Sure. You know, in, in one of my recent books, uh, The Convenience Revolution, um, again, I mentioned, I think, 36 companies in that book. And the first company is the case study that handles all six of the convenience principles. So if I asked you, who is the easiest company or easiest business that you do business with? Um, if you're like 99% of the people, you're going to say what? Amazon. Exactly. Amazon. And, you know, I saw that look in your eyes. That you go, oh, I hope I give them the right answer. <laughs> yeah, I hope I get this right. <laughs> there is no wrong answer because to you, whoever is right is right. But it's amazing that 99% of the people out there will say Amazon. Why do they say Amazon? It's, well, to your point, it's touchless in that you don't ever interact with, uh, either, you don't have to go to the store, you don't have to do that. But even before COVID-19 and the pandemic and everything else, what was great about Amazon still is great about Amazon. Number one, they give you total control over your own experience. You, and they give you all the tools you need to create that experience. It's self-service, but you know, I get all my research. I can see all the reviews. I can compare uh, similar items. Because if you see an item, you go down below, people also bought this and it's the direct competitor's items you know, right there. It's an unbelievable experience. The moment you make a choice to buy and you hit the buy button, you get an instant response that the order went through. You get the email that says the order is shipped. Today, even you get a picture that shows your package leaning against your door at home or your apartment or your business or whatever. And in addition to that, I mean, I just think they've created a system that's reduced friction overall. It's just easy, one-click ordering. You know, the little lady behind me, uh, it's actually my smart device. I can't mention her name because she'll start talking to us. But it's, it's Amazon, you know, um, the Echo. I just won't say her name. If I want to order uh, a pizza, I just say it out loud. I don't even have to open, open the computer or get on the phone. If I want to order dishwashing detergent, I just ask her. And two days or the next day even, uh, Amazon shows up with my order delivered. That's right. pretty convenient, pretty easy, pretty simplistic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of off topic, but one of my rapid fire questions is usually, um, other than your own books, is there a book that you recommend or that you gift the most just offhand that you, that, that fall into really what you believe and how you feel about customer service or just business in general? Drew, have you written a book? I have not. I've okay, not. I've done this podcast for three years. I've done the, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I've done this podcast for about four years, but th that's my, that's been my life's work for the past few years. Hey, you know what though? I'll bet you have enough in the last four years of podcast episodes to write five books. Yeah. Um, I'll bet you can write some amazing. So one of my all time favorite books, I've, actually it's not one of, it is my all time favorite business book 
is called The Experience Economy by Joe Pine and Jim Gilmore. Yeah. And it's been out for 20 plus years, but I want you to think about nothing in that book is out of date. They did some updates on it, but really what they did is they took a commodity, coffee, and they showed how Starbucks was able to take a commodity that's worth pennies that many people sell for dimes, and yet they sold it for dollars. And the way they did it was creating an experience around it. Right. Now, uh, by the way, Starbucks is featured in the um, convenience revolution as an example of access, meaning they are geographically, I was going to try to say logistically and geographically came out, but they're both logistically and geographically convenient to most people. If I am in a major city and I walk to the next block, there's a chance that I'll see another Starbucks. They're about every two, three blocks. Right. Um, there is a, a corner in Houston. Um, and on the corner on my side, there's a Starbucks. Directly across the street, there's a Starbucks. Caddy corner, about halfway down the block, another Starbucks. I see three Starbucks within visual distance. Now, that's accessibility. That's logistical and geographic. And they made it very convenient for me to be able to go in and do business with them. Right. But then you talked about, um, you know, you talk about Starbucks and physical geography that they're, but then we talked about Amazon and they're on this, right? They're, yep. they're everywhere we are. And that's what I think the digital revolution, I know you talked about that, about that a lot um, in your presentations and in your books as well. It's just, and I think that that, that that's actually where I wanted to go next was, um, you know, before we leave today, I, I really wanted, you've given a lot of great advice already in just our short 15 minutes, but to talk about what, what are some ways that people can take some of this knowledge and make it practical and use it in their company? Like what could they do tomorrow to push this to the front of the line when it comes to priorities in their company? Sure. So let me give you a few thoughts. I thought you were going to go digital on me here for a moment. Sorry. This I, is good. This is for digital, for digital, for analog, for online, for on, in-store, for B2B, B2C, even the government people listening to this. All right. right. So I want you to do two or three exercises with a group in your organization. My suggestion is not just leadership, pull people from other parts of the company and let them participate in this. Uh, the first, I, I'm going to just ask, a series of questions and I want the people to answer. So that's how this is played out. And they're very simple. Uh, number one, a fun one. Uh, hey, I want you to think of the best customer experience that you ever received from anywhere. Okay. And just, you can do it in a group. And then as a group, come up with your favorite one and share it. You don't, And if it's a small group of five, seven people, break off into pairs. Just come back with three or four examples to get you into the mindset. Number two, I want you to uh, and, and I'm going to give him the easy working into a little more difficult. A little more difficult is I want you to think of the companies that you love to do business with. Uh, and I want you to determine what is it that you like about them? What features, what do they do? I don't care about that. I mean, the product is the product, but what do they do that makes you want to do business with them? And I'm going to guess you're going to say it's the people are really great. They're knowledgeable. They have a real easy way of doing business. Uh, they're very convenient, uh, easy returns. Um, you know, I always get this, you know, so you're going to write down this list of all these attributes or traits of these different companies. And you can group, you don't, it's not so much that they're, you can talk about each company individually, but I like the group list as, you know, the total list 
because I want to look at that list and say, these are the things that we like about these companies. What in this list are we not doing that we could be doing? So now we're taking this to uh, strategy. Then I want you to do a very tactical exercise and it's going to take a while. And that is do a journey map if you haven't done it. Mm. And that's simply linear. Here's a customer. They've never done business with us before. And somehow or another, they get into our world and they start to talk to our people. They, if it's a, a store, a retail store, if it's a manufacturer, what's the process that customer goes through before they finally end up getting whatever it is they buy from you? Mm. And this is your journey map. Every single interaction point you need to take a look at. And you need to say, am I making it easy? Is there any friction I can eliminate? Is there anything I can do to enhance that? experience. You know, if, if, uh, for example, why do I love talking to what I love doing business with this company? You know, I, whenever I call them up, <laughs> I talk to a real person mm. and then you realize, Oh my gosh, when people call us, they get the virtual assistant push one for this, two for that, three for that, four for that. Maybe a better experience might be putting a person back on the phone and letting them help warm up that customer. You know, whatever they, you know, they, they jokingly call the receptionist, the director of first impressions. Mm. It's, 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 there's another title. It's a good, uh, it's a good title and it's a good setup because with the right personality, people will love calling you. Now that's not to say that a digital experience might not be great. There is a company that I, I just wrote about them recently. They uh, um, have such, when you call them, you're immediately put on hold waiting for the person to, to pick up, you know, the agent, whatever they tell you, your hold time is going to be two minutes. In the meantime, we have a little trivia contest mm. and they ask sports trivia. Now, a lot of people don't know sports. Many don't even like sports, but this is the kind of sports trivia that you would be interested in. Even if you didn't care about sports, for example, why is home plate shaped like home plate, you know, in a baseball? I don't know. I mean, I don't even know much about baseball, but that's an interest. I wonder why. Why is it 60 and a half feet from the, the rubber strip on the pitcher's mound to home plate? Why isn't it just 60 feet? <laughs> you know? Right, but that's super engaging and it's fun. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, just, yeah. and people love that stuff because again, it's not your mundane on right. music or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and people even say, would you put me back on hold? I need to know the answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Can you, I need to go back on hold for a few minutes. Yeah. But isn't that cool? They've taken, so right. years and years ago, Southwest Airlines, before they had uh, a system where they would tell you how long the call was going to be so that you knew, which was much, you know, if you have information, it eliminates stress. Then they also have a now a, a new system. If you'd like us to call back at the end of that time, we can do that instead of having you wait. Very, very convenient. Or punch in the time you'd like us to, us to call back and mm. we will. So those are options that are available today. But I remember years ago calling Southwest Airlines, there's a snowstorm. Hey, everybody, I know it's a long hold time. Do not hang up thinking that when you hang up, you're going to be in a different place in, in the queue. No, you're going to just go to the very back of the line if you hang up. So it's going to be a while, but just hang in there with us. And every once in a while, they come on with another message like that. And you know what? It made you smile. And even though back then they couldn't tell you how long it was going to be, they told you that if just because you're on hold doesn't mean we've forgotten about you. And uh, I thought that was a great little way of dealing with the message at that time. Do that to me today without telling me how long it's going to be. I'm not happy. Right. Okay. 
even yeah. with even with your sense of humor. Yeah. Because I know there's other options and these larger companies that don't use them. How could they not use them? Because they're so inexpensive. I'm not going to tell you the name of the company, but it was uh, one of my uh, internet companies that I work with. And I was on hold for well over an hour and a half. And every three minutes, I, I'd hear a click thinking, oh, I'm on. No, it's the recording telling me once again how important my call was. And it's not important. And then I don't want to, there was more to it than that, but I'll suffice it to say, um, you know, the other internet company that we use, call them up straight in. You know, right. they, actually, that's not true either. They told me how long the hold was going to be. And it was exactly that long. And it wasn't so long that I was going to hang up and wait for them to call me back. It was like five or six minutes. Yeah, I love that that tactic that you talked about, not tactic, but just customer service element that a lot of companies do, which is that, um, would you like a callback? I thought that was such a wonderful thing because it's like, yeah. again, you mentioned it earlier. It's so important. We need to reiterate it. The part about control. And I've talked about this in meetings before where you have an option. You know, you have to say, okay, um, do I, we have two, we have a solution we could give the customer, but that doesn't put the customer in control. And then I'll, I, I've brought up before in meetings where I said, well, let's, Let's put it in the customer's control. Let's let them choose their destiny, their journey, because then it puts it back in their control. They're, they're going to have inherently, I could give, you know, it's like I could tell you statistically, they're going to have a better experience if they controlled it and they were pleased with the outcome. But you mentioned a few other principles in there. Make it easy, uh, reduce frustration, make it fun. You know, how can we, but you talked about the questions kind of lead to these things because every single time you end up at the end of one of those processes, those are the answers. Most times make it easy, reduce friction and frustration, make it fun and make it engaging for the customer. And they're going to want to come back and they're going to want to spread the word about you. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Another thing about uh, giving customer control is just giving them information gives them control. Absolutely. When Amazon sends you that confirmation, that's information. When they send you the email that says your order is delivered or, or uh, shipped and here's the tracking number. And tell me, you don't click on that tracking number to see exactly where it is. Oh, you get, the, you get the dopamine hit every time because it's just like, ooh, I, yep. it's on the way. And I've talked about this before that it's, it's the same thing with that box being on your front step is like, it's like a present, you know, it's, it's something in it. And it's got to be part of the psychology of coming back again and again. Yeah. Well, here's one that I think is kind of cool. It's a very generic example, but I'm sure you may have experienced this. Many of us watching and listening this show uh, would do that. I travel, or used to anyway, <laughs> extensively every right. single week. And there are times that I'm sitting at the gate waiting for my flight. And the flight, let's say, is four o'clock in the afternoon. And it's now five minutes to four. And there's no plane at the gate. Now, I know that plane's coming in from somewhere else. It's going to take 20 minutes for them to get everybody off the plane. They're going to clean the plane. We're probably going to be an hour late. But has the gate agent picked up the loudspeaker or the microphone and announced to everybody that the plane is late? And the answer is no, they didn't. So what happens is different passengers keep walking up to the gate agent, interrupting the gate agent, aggravating the gate agent, which, by the way, he or she deserves to be aggravated for not giving us the information. All they would have had to have done was to pick up the loudspeaker. And by the way, I know because I've experienced gate agents that do this. Hey, everybody, as you can see, the plane is not here. And there's a reason for that, whatever the reason is. So I'm going to keep an eye on this. 
And here's what I'm going to promise you. Every 15 minutes, even if there's not an update, I'm going to give you whatever that update is. Even if it's nothing to report new, you're going to hear from me every 15 minutes. So sit back, relax. And you can just look around the gate area and people just, ah, right. And they know they're going to be late now, but they know they have information and that just makes them feel so good. That's a marketing strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Plain and simple. Actually, it's, it's funny how blurred the lines have gotten over the past few years that sometimes I, I think that I'm in the marketing, you know, I'm obviously in the marketing part and that's going to be tactics, email, you know, whatever you talked about a Facebook messenger bots, um, advertising all these different tactics, but really over the last few years, it's amazing how many times I'm defaulting back to customer experience elements because I know that if it's great and with the power of social media and word of mouth these days, if your customer experience is great, they will say great things about you. And if you reduce their effort, it's going to lead to higher loyalty, right? Yep. Yep. So if you think about the traditional marketing tactics and strategies that you, you know, have mentioned, talk about, they say marketing is what gets people to know about your business. Sales gets people to buy whatever it is that you sell in your business. But I'll go and say then the experience that happens during and after that sale is what gets people to come back. That is part of marketing. So that's why that service and experience. And and when we say experience, even the packaging that goes on a box, I, um, I got to tell you, you know, getting that uh, iPhone uh, and I, by the way, I'm sure it's similar with other brands too, but when you get that box or an iPad, it's like, this is even the box is cool. Okay. Absolutely. That's the feeling you have. That's marketing, you know, packaging, design, it's all marketing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I have I have an iPad box in my office at work. I, I work at Bristol Motor Speedway in Bristol, Tennessee. And um, I have an iPad box on the shelf. I have three or four examples of great product design because I always want to be reminded it's in the it's in the packaging too. It's in the design mm-hmm. is that every element of this, if it's great, they'll talk about us and they'll rave about us and they'll tell their friends about us. And you know, going back to the old Walt Disney principles. Well, Shep, I could literally talk to you all day, but we'll, um, we'll let you get back to work. And I know you've got a, you've got a podcast to record. Thank you so much for the time today. Um, I'd love to tell, we've, we've told a lot about, or we talked a lot about your books. I'm going to put all those in the show notes, but where can people find out about, um, you know, what you're doing, what you're up to, and sure, a little bit more sure. about your, your speaking yeah. as well. Hyken.com, H-Y-K-E-N. There's just about everything you want to know. I'll give you some resources. Obviously, you want books, go to Amazon. And all of our books are on our website too. Sure. My YouTube channel, I've got a couple. So you like names? I've got sheptv.com. Yep. Okay. I've got sheptube, like YouTube. <laughs> but there's more than 600 videos that I've put on that channel. Uh, and they're in, in like where I would go with this is, I think it's the second playlist might be the third that says customer service tips and every single week for like years I have been putting a tip on video customer service and how do you use it it's free you you show your people and you talk about it so that's your weekly customer service meeting awesome won't cost a thing and 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 I'm sure it'll give you good ROI and Uh, I have a tv show called be amazing or go home right if you go to beamazing.tv 
Uh, you'll see some of the episodes on YouTube, but it's on Roku, Amazon Prime, uh, Apple TV. It's on you know C-Suite TV. It's on those types of stations. So I didn't know that. That's great because I, I follow your YouTube channel and I'm always looking forward to the tips and, and I'm not just blowing smoke here. We have used the tips in meetings before. Well, thank you. Thank we you. Popped. That's what they're for. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 absolutely. It's somebody came across one and, and I was a fan before. So somebody said, you know about this guy, Shep Ike? And I was like, absolutely. I've been following him for years, but he said, oh, I'm going to play one of his customer service tips in our meeting, you know, our manager meeting today. And they are always super informative and super helpful. So well, I will share all but those links you. as well. Yeah. Yes, sir. I think so. out of a year's worth of tips, there should be for almost every company that I've ever con connected with, 25, 30 of them that are appropriate for like, depending on, I mean, you're maybe not every 50, all 52 tips are going to be great in a year, but easily 30 of them. So yes. if once a month you chose, you know, one of the last four weeks, you'll, you're on your way to doing something good. And the newsletter is reflective, uh, same, same information. And I always include a cartoon and a lot of my clients actually print out uh, and, and subscribers just print out the cartoons. They put them in the break room. Uh, the more you give, the more you get. And I am a believer. People say, you keep giving away your content. And I go, yeah, but my calendar remains full with paid speaking engagements. Imagine that. Mm. <laughs> That's a great tip for everybody who's out there who's yeah, business owner, coach, consultant, as well is that you got to give, you give value and you'll get it back in return. So mm -hmm. Shep Hyken, thank you so much for being on the Marketing That Works podcast. And I will put all this in the show notes, but everybody go get Shep's books, go check out his website. You, you will not be disappointed. Thank you, Shep. Thank you very much. Thanks, Drew. Thank you for listening to the Marketing That Works podcast. To find out more and to get the show notes and everything that's going on, Go to marketstreet.media. That's where I house this wonderful podcast on the Market Street Media Podcast Network. So thanks. Check it out. And we'll see you on the next episode.